0: What is theater? Am I right, everybody? Uh, I don't get it. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, Welcome to I Don't Get It. It's a podcast about performances in Edmonton. I'm Fonda. I'm Paul.
1: And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Great.
0: Fun fact, one of us is hungover. See if you can guess who over the course of this podcast.
1: (laughs) All right. So, um, well, what did we do this week, Paul?
0: Uh, We went and saw Cleave, Tiny Bear Jaws, and Fringe Theater Adventures uh, show. Um, That's what we did.
1: Yeah. That was the big one. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Um little bit of a content warning. There's some fairly adult uh, action and subject matter that we're going to cover sure. in the Cleave Review. For so, all, so
0: for all the children <laughs> who enthusiastically listen to I Don't Get It every <laughs> every other week, uh, maybe maybe sit this one out.
1: Or if you're just playing it in your kitchen, you know, and your toddlers are toddling around. Just, as as you know. toddlers are, want to do <laughs> are they talking about
0: <laughs> great uh, but before we get into that fonda how about we get into an
1: ad The Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, is proud to be a sponsor of this year's Pod Summit, Western Canada's podcast conference. Join APN on May 5th at CKUA for a day of learning and connection making and some great giveaways. If you have a podcast, you'll learn how to grow your audience and create a show that your listeners will love. If you don't have a podcast, you'll learn how to start one and get familiar with Alberta's super cool podcasting community. Tickets are just $150 and they are limited, so don't delay. Get yours at podsummit.com Nice ad. Fonda thanks Paul <laughs>
0: let's get into it so uh, so we saw Cleve uh, Fonda what what is Cleve how would you describe the show we went and saw
1: so Cleve uh, it's it's six characters um, I would say that it kind of hedges around the start of a school year I'm not sure if it's actually the start of a school year but um, a young student mm-hmm. is ha, has started a new um, term um, is named Aaron uh, and he goes to a new school and uh, because it's some Stuff has happened in his life that has made him up and want to leave the other one. <laughs> right,
0: uh, Aaron is a uh, an intersex uh, child who he uses he/him pronouns, um, and yeah, is sort of so. So in this way, sort of Cleve sort of mixes the um, the high school and the family. Uh, Story and drama, uh, but also with with uh, looks at, at gender and, and who we really are and how we identify and how we show that and live that in the world and the ways we, we reveal that and the ways we don't.
1: Yeah. Um, And so throughout the course of the show, um, Aaron's character uh, mostly interacts with another family. Um, And he's introduced to them through a character named Mark, who is a student uh, with him at the school. Um, So Mark introduces Aaron to his family. um, And we quickly realize that um, Aaron and Mark's dad have met before
0: yes met in the context of of hooking up
1: <laughs> like a tinder hookup essentially
0: yeah yeah, uh, yeah so so how did you uh, overall sort of how did you how did you feel about Cleve, this sort of like comedy drama uh, about about gender and and age and and identity
1: um i really liked the 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 six characters that were mm-hmm. um that were portrayed in it um i think that mark's mother carol um was a great character played by elena porter um in particular really identified actually with the relationship between carol and pina the the daughter so it would be mark's sister mm-hmm. um the mother-daughter relationship there was something that um because it has to uh, a lot of it has to do with um some uh procedures and sort of like ch- um uh, appearance changes that the mother has had done. Um, Mm -hmm. and the daughter finds out about them and she's really, really uncomfortable with it. Um, and just, you know, um, I think that the, of course the show had a lot to say and I'm, I don't mean to only go on this part, but this was the one, this was the one that really stuck out for me was, Um, You know, the effect that uh, mothers or older women role models have on younger women and when it comes to anything having to do with appearance or identity um, and just, you know, the daughter goes through this um, really rough time after she finds out that her mother has had some procedures done. And it's kind of interesting because she's just kind of like, you know, she finds this old picture. She says, you know, you used to look just like me. What was wrong with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's just a, um, I think all of the characters in the play are sort of, are are being challenged and struggling with finding how they present themselves in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, because uh, sort of Aaron's meeting this family ends up as sort of a catalyst and also just uh, overlapping with, with a lot of sort of family revelations of, mm. of, of how people live and who they are and uh, what they've kept from each other. Uh yeah and that seems to that uh, that proves very very poignant i think the the writing uh, elena's writing is very very strong mm-hmm. um it sort of uh is very good at at capturing um the truth of a lot of those dynamics uh, in a way that doesn't feel uh, overly staged in that sense. It feels authentic and feels real.
1: Yeah, it felt like real, sort of, family fights mm-hmm. and kind of um, just like real, really, go- and actually really great performances as well. Um, Luke Tellier and Jordan Fowley mm-hmm. play Mark and Aaron, respectively, and their performances together, um, these two, you know, young boys trying to figure out. Um, how they feel about each other and how far they want to go. Um, Aaron disclosing his intersex... Um, uh, uh, how would you say that? That he is an intersex that person. That he is an, yeah, yeah, an intersex the, the, person. Yeah, um, that, you know, and that's that's just a huge step for him. um but even though even though he does want, he does still crave physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that I thought was quite interesting about um the the style of the show was that it. Um, beyond some super, super adult content, you know, we get a BJ in the first five minutes yeah, of the Yeah, and show. so
0: as a, as a tangent, if we may, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the oeuvre of Elena Bellier's playwriting, uh, the the onstage beach is definitely a, a motif that has reoccurred <laughs> throughout uh, Elena's works and uh, how
1: And how do you know this <laughs> uh,
0: i've seen i 've seen a few. Uh, Elena wrote a show called "Everyone we know will be there uh, sort of a big house party show, a teenage house party um, and uh, there 's multiple multiple beaches depending on who you followed through that party. It was a site specific um, show happening in an actual house party in real time, and so you would follow one of five characters through the house and sort of get their their side of this story, and sometimes they would intersect with other characters um uh and sometimes they would uh you know beiges would be involved <laughs> anyway you were making a, a far more poignant point
1: <laughs> well i think uh, you know if it, if it is a trope of of someone's work. I think that we can talk about that. That's fair. Um, But what was surprising to me was that, you know, despite that sort of like hard hitting beginning where you're like, whoa, Mm -hmm. there is a much older uh, man getting a BJ from a much younger one. Um, And, and it was well performed. (laughs) Um, But then, you know, for the most part, the rest of the show seemed like a really accessible YA production, like a a show that you would want high school students to Mm -hmm. see. Um, not that high school students aren't familiar with BJ's, but <laughs> right, but yeah,
0: in the in the YA sense, yeah, um, yeah,
1: not that the school board would support it,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'd say one thing for me was I I felt there were a lot of great great performances. Luc Tellier was sort of like a big anchor for me watching the show. I think mm. he he struck a really great balance between uh, the comedy and the character and and sort of the heart. Um, but I felt like sometimes it didn't always gel. It sort of felt like um. Uh, the, all of these sort of disparate elements of the of the performance um weren't always necessarily on on the same page together. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, they were all sort of doing things very um uh, skillfully, but but sometimes in in ways that didn't always feel like they were they were playing in the the same way. I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a lot of there were a lot of short scenes that um dealt with a lot of emotion and uh and and. Sort of like really dense um like family content, I found mm-hmm. that the interactions of the family um were were you know the most interesting in that you know there's this one day when Aaron comes to dinner mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know the family dinner yeah. scene, which is always the best uh yeah. you know like the the huge crux where everything kind of shakes down um you know Aaron realizes that he has met paul Mark's dad before, and these you know sort of uh <laughs> other circumstances and um, yeah and but the but the actual um, bigger tension that's happening at the dinner table is the sort of like the the row that's happening between the mother and daughter
0: right 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 um,
1: and so you know and then also the character ends up spending um, the daughter Pina uh, played by Emma Houghton who I thought was just fantastic in this role and um, she she ends up wearing a paper bag over her head for a lot of the rest of the show mm-hmm, Yeah. Um, as sort of like a defiant, um, you know, just kind of like, screw you, Ma, if you don't like the way you look, I'm not going to show my face to anyone. Sort right. of, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, um, also the character, she's so... She's just steeped in, you know, like physical appearance and reputation and all that kind of stuff. She's
0: she's a cheerleader in high school. Her and mom have had this connection about sort of cheerleading and that. And this is a big uh, Mm rift. This is a big cleave even.
1: Yeah. If you will. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the title sort of intrigues me because I didn't really know what to expect going in um and now you know thinking about thinking more about it it's there are all of the characters between each other they just have these like these lines drawn um you know i think i don't think that the mother and father really exchanged many words between each other at all
0: yeah actually now that you bring that up sort of in the in the you know the spidering where it's sort of here's a two person scene and here's a two person scene and these characters are connecting and discussing and fighting yeah mom mom and dad had sort of uh, more of a passing uh, passing thing like this was sort of like um, you know this this family was happening it was fine, but uh, yeah their their passion was perhaps not not the anchor uh,
1: mm-hmm. for them yeah um, and the other interesting relationship that we haven't really touched on yet mm-hmm. is the one between Aaron and his um psychiatrist uh, play, or or counselor played mm-hmm. by natasha napoleo um, I don't know if I pronounce her name right but Sorry, Natasha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, mm-hmm. that was the, that her part was kind of the most, I feel like, and of course intentionally like clinical sounding. Right. You know, it really did sound like a YA production when you were, when he was in the office with her. And, you know, how do you feel about that? Right. And, and also
0: just like, yeah. what is intersex? Sort of getting those, mm-hmm. that those ideas across to the audience who may or may not uh, be aware of that beforehand. Yeah, it was sort of the, the like, Kurt, like this is the definition of this sort mm-hmm. of segment.
1: And I think the show did a really good job in that way actually of providing that you know if if you've never heard of any of this before um, they brought you through it in a really natural way Mm -hmm. Um, you know not in a condescending way or you know like a scary intimidating way Mm -hmm. Um, it was it was actually just like very natural like this is what this is and um, yeah, I, I, I appreciated that. And I'm, I'm really interested to see a lot more of, um, Elena's work, uh, not just for the BJ's. <laughs> right.
0: And they are, they are there.
1: Um, but, uh. Elena's a, like an up-and-coming playwright with a lot of interesting projects. Um, I know she has another one. Uh, I believe it ran at the Fringe or and is kind of being uh, remounted Yeah, Miss
0: Caitlin's grade threes, Prepare for the Inevitable, which is sort of uh, uh, a one-performer a one show uh, that Elena has played in the past and is also doing a French run right now in uh, Montreal, I believe. Uh, but sort of dealing with gun violence in schools, so mm-hmm. yeah, timely. Like,
1: yeah. So the character takes the audience as its class, yeah. essentially, through a hypothetical shoot, like school shooting. Yeah. Um. And it's uh. I. I you know. I. I've, I've only heard about it really, and I'm. I, I'm excited to see it. Um.
0: It's coming back this summer, which we'll talk about more. Cool. Closer to that.
1: All right. Well, we've got a little bit of other um local news and listings mm-hmm. to get to, but uh, first another ad.
0: The ATB branch for arts and culture is a clubhouse, arts venue, and financial institution for Albertan creatives and cultural workers. Members have access to industry-specific banking services and career development resources designed to help creators do their very best work. They understand the challenges that artists face because they're artists too. To learn more or to sign up today, visit the branch in Edmonton at the CKUA building on Jasper Ave or read all about it at atb.com.
1: Great. Good work, Paul.
0: Thank you. What's happening, Fonda, in... The news. Well,
1: there were a couple cool things that happened in the arts venue scene this week. Cool, um, and actually, you probably heard about all of them on the news. It was actually covered. Hey, The new arts venue. What stuff. a dream. Yeah. Um. So, Grindstone Theater uh, opened their much-anticipated, uh, sort of like comedy nightclub restaurant um, called Grindstone. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's at one zero zero one eight eighty first Avenue. So, if you kind of know the White Ave area, it's behind the the A and W. Right, right, right.
0: Sort of over by where Wonder Bar used to be. R.I.P. Wonder Bar.
1: Yeah, and so and it's run by Grindstone Theater, um, and they're promising six nights a week of comedy and all other theatrical. Performance stuff, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Much a much needed venue in in a in a city that sometimes lacks for them.
1: Yeah, and there and there's food there. It's it's not just a comedy drinky bar, <laughs> right,
0: right? The old the old comedy drinky bar. Uh, yeah, uh, but that's not the only venue news we heard uh, this week.
1: Yeah, so um, Marvin's Garden, um, they had sort of a launch party for their Indiegogo campaign. Um, Marvin's Garden is a venue concept so far. I couldn't find a location information for it, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, it's going to be run by... the the two folks fr- who started the local omnivore mm-hmm. and Steve durpack of JCL productions so we know him from uh things uh, I mean he used to pro- uh, program the starlight and the haven um basically
0: and... any sort of music venue in town he is he has in some way been a part of I think in the last 10 to 15 years
1: totally whether yeah. as
0: a booker or a promoter or actually on the team
1: yeah yeah so oh, I'm kind of interested to see the difference between how I mean grindstone theater is being run by a non-profit um, a theater company, a mm-hmm. registered charity. Um, interested to see how their programming, um, you know, will it be successful? Will it work out? Um, we're going to talk to Byron Martin um, uh, about the venue and find out a little bit more. Uh, check it out next week. Um, versus sort of the Marvin's Garden uh fund crowdfunding campaign where they're asking the public to sort of buy into an idea first.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Um and they've raised about I think they've raised about almost five thousand dollars now out mm-hmm. of a hundred and ninety thousand dollar goal.
0: Which is a lot. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but, you know, maybe with some of the coverage and the launch and everything like that, I'll start steamrolling fairly quickly. We don't know. But it is it's is—it's kind, kind—it's uh, also just a different model. Right. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, and we've seen a lot of venues shut down for one reason or another uh, in the last little while. And um, having accessible, cool performance spaces is great.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, wrapping up, uh, in, over the rest of the week is the EAC consultation sessions for their 2029 arts and heritage plan. Yeah. I went to another couple of sessions this week. I attended the literary arts session, mm-hmm. um, and also the dance session. Okay. And, um, it's interesting to see there's, there's a lot of themes that are coming up multiple times. Everyone's okay. talking about, we need a hub. We need, you know, like a central place where people can find out stuff about what's happening mm-hmm. in Edmonton um and then there's also uh, again the venue the venue issue comes up on almost every session right for, of course especially when it comes to any kind of performance um and then also you know I'm kind of curious to see I didn't attend any of the public ones that were in neighborhoods right,
0: right but
1: right. it would be really curious to see about what what folks in Edmonton who are who do not identify as practicing artists or part of that community, um, what do they want for the arts and culture plan? Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and what do you, I I want to know what what else is happening? So we're gonna talk to someone from the EAC in the next little while here and see um, how. How the consultations went and maybe, um, you know, the first steps of the plan that they're putting sure, together. Sure.
0: Yeah. What, what are the once all those ideas are out and those themes are out and the conversations have been had, what sort of emerges as the as the plan?
1: Yeah. So you can still anyone can still um, plant a lobstick on the EAC culture map. Um, and that's at yegculturemap.com, I believe. Um and yeah, they want they want hundreds or I'm sorry, they want thousands of uh, people to put input into this culture map. So um, yeah, you should if you haven't, you should go do it.
0: Yegculturemap.ca.
1: Yeah, you basically just plant a little memory that you had somewhere in town. You know, it can be yeah. a venue, it can be a show that you saw, it can be whatever. It Can you be like.
0: just a dream of a show you will see. Yeah, that would um, be great. A venue that will be. Yeah. All of those thoughts.
1: Super cool. Plant one on the streetcar. That's what we should do with that streetcar. Make it, it make a, venue. a
0: venue, a moving venue. It
1: kind of already is a venue. Yeah, yeah. They have, <laughs> they
0: have shows. It's great.
1: Yeah. Anyhow, okay, Paul, What Fonda. what is coming up?
0: All right, let's start. Uh, currently playing at the Citadel until April 29th is Undercover, which is an improvised whodunit sort of gumshoe detective story uh, where the gumshoe, the rookie detective, is one of the audience members plucked from that, and they get to go on... Uh, on an adventure of, of solving a crime with, uh, with a, a team of worldly improvisers. Uh, that's Rebecca Northen's company, who did Blind Date, which was here a few years ago. Similar, similar structure in that it's, uh, you know, an audience member goes on a date with, with this character.
1: Except this time they're solving a
0: murder. A murder.
1: <sighs> okay. Um, also, uh, now playing is Slet by Brenda McFarlane. It's a Northern Light Theater show playing until April 14th at the Arts Barns. You wanna, and then, yeah. well, I'll start this one, but I need to ask you about it. Sure, so yeah. yes. Um, also coming up um, is the Bonfire Festival presented by Rapid Fire Theater. It's running um, so th- uh, Thursday to Saturday, April twelfth to fourteenth, and then the next week, the nineteenth to twenty first. So what what is Bonfire?
0: Bon? Right. Uh, so so full disclosure, I am in Rapid Fire Theater. Um, uh, Bonfire is is a festival. Uh, about sort of experimental improv ideas and forms. So so the idea of uh, shows that maybe don't fit into the typical uh, structure of shows at rapid-fire theater have an opportunity to happen here. Uh, so there's there's a bunch of, of wild ideas. Uh, in the past, in previous years, there's been everything from uh, three improvisers rehearsing and scripting and staging a play uh, and then one improviser having to improvise their way through it, sort of like undercover, I guess, in in a lot of ways. Um, to genre things, there's been sort of previously like a Game of Thrones inspired thing, a Wes Anderson inspired thing, uh, so so different genres or different just styles of of improv or uh, improv ideas uh happen during that festival.
1: So, w- what are maybe one or two of the ones that are happening during this festival that I might like? <laughs> sure. Wow. Um. Uh.
0: Yeah. Uh. One. One that's happening is uh. Magic Marv XXS, which is a uh. A magic mic. Uh, parody, what? but not, not, some, not even so much a parody. Uh, you know, improvisers are learning to dance in, in the style of Magic Mike. Um, and so, so that, that'll be a show. That's an adults-only show. That's an adult content show. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that one's happening. Uh, there's one uh, called Kaiju, uh, inspired by Godzilla movies uh, of the world. There's one that's sort of Black Mirror inspired. So there's, there's a big variety of, of, of shows and ideas happening.
1: Cool. We'll have to go check some of that out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Also coming up, uh, going to St. Ives. It's already playing, playing until April fourteenth. Um, it is the uh, you know return of Julian Arnold's Atlas Theater. Company. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's playing at the Varscona, starring um, Belinda Cornish and Patricia Darbesey. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: it's sort of about um, a, a a tea that is also about so much more between two characters and sort of. You know, colonialism.
1: Yeah, it's a remount. Actually, it's a remount from a play a few the same play a few years ago, same cast. Um, It's really great to see two mature female actresses on stage together. Um, You know, it doesn't really pass the Bechdel test necessarily, but it is a great um, a great pairing of uh, performers and and characters.
0: Cool. Uh, Next up, uh, Edmonton Opera. We have Don Giovanni. Uh, which is happening April 14th, 17th, and
1: 20th. Yes, it's one of the big, sexy Italian operas. Mm -hmm. Um, Then coming up next at Theatre Network is Infinity by Hannah Moscovich. That plays April 17th through May 6th.
0: And then after that, uh, Pretty Goblins, uh, which is being presented by Workshop West, is happening at the ATB Arts Barns from April 18th to 29th. It's the new play by Beth Graham, who uh, who, her last play, uh, The uh, Gravitational Pull of Bernice Trimble, uh, was uh was shortlisted, was a finalist for the Governor General's awards.
1: Yes, and she's from Edmonton. Yay. Um the Edmonton Poetry Festival runs April twenty second through twenty ninth. There's a whole whackload of performances all over the place. Um yeah, definitely go check something in that out.
0: Oh metric whackload of performances. <laughs> Uh, then uh, at the Citadel Theater, the Silver Arrow: The Untold Story of Robin Hood is is uh, is opening April twenty first to May thirteenth, featuring music by Hoxley Workman. He's working on the the score.
1: Cool. Also, um, Firefly Theater is really involved in that show. Yeah. Or, um, at least the the talent and <laughs> the choreography yeah, of Firefly Theater, the acrobatics. Because uh, yeah, for Robin Hood, they're 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 making them fly and do all sorts of cool mm-hmm. uh, circus type things. Um, coming up. Uh. uh in the end of the month Ignite from City Ballet that closes out their season that's April 20th to 22nd at the Tims mm-hmm. and
0: then uh, lastly for now uh, Edmonton Flamenco Festival Flamencon in my mind is what it's called <laughs> uh, which is happening on April 20th at the Winspear Center
1: yeah straight from Spain it's a it's a company that's coming in and um, I'm super excited to see it Flamencon I- Thank God. All right. Um, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Go see some shows.
0: Okay. Bye.
1: I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app.
0: I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta, in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio.
1: Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com.
0: I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul
1: Blenoff.